Welcome to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about how Zuckerberg ended up losing his phone, so he shut down uh, a big portion of the social media. I thought it was his girlfriend wanting to go into his phone, so he shut down everything so she couldn't look at his messages. His wife, girlfriend, whatever. Girlfriend. Well, you know, the richer they are, the, 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 the weirder their kinks are. I don't know. Anyways, you said it, not me. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, last night. Okay, so first and foremost, I, uh, I, I, can't, I, need, I need to get this out of the way. Go Red Sox, okay? Um, last night, dude, it was – the weekend was just crazy. It was, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the regular season was on Sunday. Everybody's game started within 20 minutes of each other. And, uh, man, I, I'm telling you, dude, it, it, was, it was nuts. Uh, Boston needed a win to secure the number one seed. Uh, you know, they needed basically win and you're in for, for the wild card game. Uh, New York had to do the same thing. Uh, New York had to play Tampa Bay for the last series of the regular season. So going into Sunday, they had already lost two out of that three. Um, there was a potential. So, uh, are they still in the pennant race with that? What, the the, the Yankees? No. Oh, uh, I'm getting to that. Okay. No, the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm getting to that. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so there was a potential for a four-way tie for the, for the wild card. Um, but what needed to happen was both Boston and New York lose. Um, Toronto would have needed to, Toronto would have needed to have won and Seattle would have needed to have won. Now Seattle, they didn't win. Uh, they, uh, they got thumped by the angels. Toronto was playing the Orioles. So that was kind of a foregone conclusion that they were going to win that game. And so New York went in all the way to the bottom of the ninth because they were hosting the Rays. And like the Rays had been out playing them the whole series. But for whatever reason, the, the, the Rays offense just couldn't push any runs across. So it was tied, nothing, nothing, going all the way into the bottom of the ninth. And then Aaron Judge just kind of, you know, gets a, a walk-off single. Yankees win that game one to nothing. So they secured a, the second wild card spot. Boston beat the Nationals. They ended up sweeping the Nationals over the weekend. And they secured the number one seed. Even though New York and Boston had identical win-loss records, Boston had the tiebreaker because they won the series season or the season series 10 games to nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Boston had the advantage over New York. So Boston was going to host the wild card game Monday, uh, Tuesday night, which was last night. And you and I were supposed to meet and, and we were supposed to shoot in the studio and, and I'm going to be completely transparent here. I was going to be incredibly distracted. You could have been talking about green men having interracial orgies on the moon. And I would have been like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, the Red Sox just scored, you know, I, I would have been yeah. that way because I mean, it, it would have been, we could have just basically gotten away with live the game and done a commentary that way. But, uh, so, See, if I can figure out how to do that, we should try to do that. We should. We should. Um, but going into the game last night, I mean, I, I I had, you know, my lucky David Ortiz jersey on. I had all my Red Sox gear out. I mean, I was just, you know, I was decked out for the game. You know, it's it's, it's a superstition thing. And I introduced my girlfriend to playoff baseball, Johnny. Um, she met Winter Johnny. So she met Winter Johnny before, you know, after the, 
baseball season was over. And then she got to meet spring time, spring training, got Johnny, you know, spring Johnny, where he was like getting ramped up for baseball. And then she had, she, she knew spring, summer and fall Johnny, which was during the baseball season. So I'm like, you know, Hey, where's my, what's my Red Sox doing? It's basically just kind of like uh, the cliff notes version of fever pitch mm-hmm. with uh, Jerry Moore and Jimmy Fallon. Anyways, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I like it, but I'm a little biased anyways, digress. So she got to meet playoff baseball Johnny last night. So I was like, you know, I FaceTimed her and I was like, Hey, I want, I want you to meet somebody. I want to introduce you to somebody. She goes, what? I just got out of the shower and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not presentable. I was like, so she goes right now. I said, right now, I want you to meet playoff Johnny, playoff baseball Johnny. She goes, Oh, okay. You're playoff baseball. I was like, yes. Okay. So we got that out of the way. Anyways. So it uh yeah last night you know everybody all the pundits all the experts were like okay advantage to the yankees you know the yankees are on the roll they, they owned the uh they owned the red sox the last time they played there they swept them in that series blah 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 blah, blah. john carlos stanton and aaron judge they're on a roll they're hot you know and it's like whatever so they get everybody everybody with the save like in the you know the, like a couple of people from espn were giving the game basically to the yankees they had all but punched the Yankees tickets to go to the divisional series to play against Tampa Bay. So game starts, you've got Garrett Cole, which is the $232 million pitcher for the Yankees starting for this wild card game. He was brought into New York for one reason. And it is these high leverage games specifically against the Red Sox in the playoffs. Okay. So, um, helps if my magic mouse is right side up there we go yay look at me figuring out technology see look at it oh pretty oh a smoothie and you weren't looking but it's okay um so and then on the other side of it we've got nathan avaldi He's been pretty stellar for, for, for most of the season, including the second half, except for like the last couple starts, uh, specifically the one where they, he, he pitched against the Yankees, but the humidity was up and it was muggy. He couldn't really grip the ball well. So he wasn't locating his pitches and he gave up seven runs in like, I don't know, like a few innings. Um, but game time temperatures were in the forties, you know, like they were in the fifties, forties. So it was a cool evening. It wasn't muggy. The humidity was really low. It just, just kind of like your your stereotypical October New England evening, evening. And so they get out there, and I just let me. No, that's not what I want. It is. Pull up scores. I'm going to, I'm going to get the box score here real quick in just a second. Cause I really want to break this down. Um, Nathan Avaldi, he pitched five and a third inning. So he, he pitched five innings and then recorded an out in the sixth. So they break the, you know, when you're talking about how far a pitcher goes in the game, you either see like a full number or you see like a, a decimal points, one, two, or three, right. Or a one or two. Right. Um, so when they say that he pitched five and, you know, five and a third innings, that means he pitched five innings plus one out in the sixth inning. Okay. 
He gave up four hits, gave up one earned run. He walked nobody, struck out eight, and his only earned run was a home run, okay, um, that he gave up uh, to, uh, I believe it was uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Rizzo, right, the first baseman for New York. Okay. Now, giving up no walks is a big thing because the Yankees, whenever they do things, whenever they get a like a, a when they get a rally started, it's usually because it's been pre- you know preceded by walks. Like they get somebody on base, and then they they start to move that person over either through base hits or home runs or what have you. Right? Out of the five. Um, yeah, out, out of the five pitchers that Boston used last night, nobody issued a single walk. Ryan Brazier, Wichita Falls' his own Ryan Brazier, uh, Brazier he, uh, he didn't strike anybody out last night. He gave up one hit. He, he pitched uh, two-thirds of an inning, so he made it through the, you know, he made it through the sixth inning. He got us to the seventh inning, which is great, but he didn't give up any runs. Um, Tanner Houck, uh, he's usually a starter, but he came in from the bullpen because it was all hands on deck last night, right? Um, he pitched a full inning and struck out two. Uh, Hanson Robles, uh, he, he pitched a full inning. He only, he struck out one, uh, one batter, didn't give up any hits, didn't walk anybody. Garrett Whitlock comes in, gives up a home run to Giancarlo Stanton who I'll get into in just a second. It was beautiful to watch the Yankees melt down the way that they did last night. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the bottom line, they didn't walk anybody. So all of the runs, both runs that the Yankees scored last night were because of the long ball. Now, on the flip side of the, of the box score, you got Garrett Cole. Remember the $232 million man here, right? Yeah grew up a Yankees fan, getting to play for his childhood team. And he goes out, he pitches two innings, $232 million to pitch two innings in the one game that mattered. Holy shit. Now, granted, his is, it's like a nine-year contract or some shit, right? Yeah. He gave up four hits, three earned runs, walked two batters, only struck out three, and gave up two home runs. <laughs> right and then it just it got progressively worse after that uh, uh clay holmes came in pitched two innings he gave up a hit no runs no or uh, no no earned runs didn't walk anybody struck out one guy luis severino came in he pitched an inning and a third uh he gave up a home run or he gave up he gave up a hit one earned run walked a batter and struck out one uh, Loiza, I can, yeah, I don't know, pronounce this guy's name. He's probably not gonna, he's, 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 he's not gonna be, um, he probably won't be with the big club next year. Let's just put it that way. He'll be probably back down in like Scranton playing for the AAA team. Anyway, he pitched in. That's the guy night. that, uh, got, uh, uh, $200 to play or, or, uh, oh, no, you're talking about the $232 million man. 
Yeah. <laughs> Garrett Cole. Yeah. He's going to be with the team for a long time because they have this big, big contract and nobody's going to want to eat it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So good job on that one. Um, but the, the final score last night was six to two Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I find amazing is that you, you had all these Yankees fans and all these trolls from all over the internet was talking about how Boston needs to increase the height of the green monster and in, in left field because John Carlos Stanton was just abusing the shit out of it the last time that they were there. Mm. Well, last night he gets a good pitch to hit. He drives it. John Sterling, it does the, the play-by-play for the uh, Yankees network. Okay. He goes into his home run call, right? It is high. It is long. It is far. It is a home run, right? He starts talking about it's a stanchion home run. Well, only problem with that is, is that the ball fell short, skipped off the front of the wall, and came back into play. Yep. So basically what it had amounted to is that John Carlos Stanton hit a 350-foot single. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, see, on that play, or no, it was the second one that he did this on. He gets a second pitch to drive. Ryan Brazier's in the game, right? He pitches. John Carlos Stanton drives this to the deepest part of the park, basically. Hits a 400-foot single because it hits just below the yellow line. The yellow line designates what's fair or what's in play and what's a home run, right? So he hits about a foot below the yellow line. The ball comes back onto the infield or into the outfield, right? Aaron Judge is on first base. And he is hauling ass around second base. And the the third base coach for uh, New York, Sends Aaron is sends Aaron Judge, thinking, okay, this is going to be a pretty easy easy play to score on. For all intents and purposes, it should have been. It was a four hundred foot single, right? Problem was, is that Kiki Hernandez comes in, fields the ball, throws an absolute strike to Xander Bogarts, who is standing in the relay position at uh, uh, for shortstop in the infield, right? Xander Bogarts turns around and unleashes an un holy hellfire missile back to the catcher. Aaron Judge is coming around and he starts his slide. Our catcher who uh, was uh, Christian Vasquez at that time turns around and tags Aaron Judge by a good foot and a half. And he is called out. Play at the plate, right? Look up the video. Dude, it is a glorious thing. I am, I am jumping up and down, screaming, yelling. I'm like, get him, get him, get him. And then when they called him out, I am like, fuck yeah. I mean, I yelled that shit. And <laughs> everybody's like, I take it something good happened. I'm like, yeah, well, no kidding. You know, <laughs> yeah, something happened. But it was just a series of miscues and, and just, and, you know, everybody wants to talk about how the Yankees and when they lose, they really beat themselves. No, they got outclassed last night. They got outplayed. They got outpitched and they got out hit. Pure, plain and simple. They lost every facet of the game last night. Hands down. And, you know, it, 
I mean, when you, and when you look at it, it's like, okay, so New York goes and makes all these moves in the off season. They make all these moves in the, in, in the, the trade deadline. And they're supposed to be quote unquote, the team to beat in the East and hell, they're supposed to be the team to beat in the American league. They've got the highest payroll. Meanwhile, and they don't have anything Bay. to show for it. Yeah. You got Tampa Bay who won the division again this year. They've got the fourth lowest pay payroll in baseball again. So, you know, Tampa Bay is doing it right. Meanwhile, Boston was picked to maybe finish 500 on the year, maybe a couple of games over, but they were nowhere even considered a playoff caliber team. But yeah, here we are. They played their asses off. They, they stayed in first place for in the division for most of the year. And then they hit that slump right after the all-star break uh, towards the trade deadline. They were slumping really bad. So, and, and then pitching was starting to fall off and, you know, but, you know, but you, you get a group of guys that, you know, you, you got a lot of veterans still on the team from the 2018 series, uh, season when we, when, when they won the world series, you still, you got JD Martinez, you got Rafael Devers, you got Xander Bogarts, you've got Ryan Brazier, you got Chris Sale, you got Eduardo Rodriguez, you got Christian Vasquez. I mean, a lot of the guys that played on the 18 squad are playing still for the Red Sox. So, I mean, you've got a lot of that, that World Series experience. You got a lot of that World Champion experience. You've got a lot of playoff experience. And then you got a lot of the guys who, you know, who have playoff experience and World Series experience, like uh, Kiki Hernandez and Car- uh, Kyle Schwarber, um, who played on World Series teams for other teams. Well, like the Dodgers and Kyle Schwarber, come, uh, Schwarber comes over to us. He played for the Cubs when they won everything in 2016. But, you know, we got him in a trade uh, at the trade deadline from the Washington Nationals. But, uh, you know, so you got a lot of moving parts, but you've got a lot of experience. And and you've got these rookies that are in there, you know, that that have never been in a playoff situation, that never have, have, have experienced a playoff atmosphere. So, you know, you, you, you get New York. I mean, they were like, okay, yeah, we're the second seed, but we want Boston. We want Boston in their, in their house. And last night after the game, uh, Kiki Hernandez was, was being interviewed in the locker room. Actually, he's being interviewed out on the field. He's like, you know, they wanted us, they got us, but you know what they say, be careful what you wish for, because you might get it. And last night, I mean, dude, it, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was absolutely great to see. Um, you know, the only thing that I saw as far as like a misstep or a miscue by the Red Sox was a, was a base running error. And that was by Alex Verdugo, one of our outfielders. He was trying to stretch a single into a double. But, I mean, by the time he got tagged out, we already had two runners score on the play, and he was the third out. So the way that the rule works is that if you're going to be the third out and a run scores before you are tagged, then the run counts. So, he, you know, the damage had already been done. Two runs had already scored. We, at that point, the score was uh, like six to one. And, you know, so it, 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 it really kind of gave us those insurance runs that we were needing to go into the eighth and ninth innings. And so it just really, we started counting outs because once Nathan Avaldi was, was pulled out of the game in the sixth inning, you know, you're looking at the, um, two, five, eight, 
uh, like 11 outs. They, the bullpen was being asked to get 11 outs, which for the majority of the year has kind of really been their weakness, um, getting those outs without giving up a lot of runs. Um, uh, pitch, uh, you know, pitch, pitch command was really a premium for our bullpen this year. But last night in that game, when it mattered the most, in a winner-take-all play, you know, winner-go-home scenario, the bullpen really stepped up. They really, really answered the call. And, you know, I, I, I could sit here and talk about how, you know, how I'm proud of the guys and I'm proud of this squad and proud of this team. But, you know, usually those, those are types of speeches and those types of words that are reserved for people like the managers, you know what I mean? Because Alex Cora – and admittedly, as a member of Red Sox Nation, I have given this guy more than my fair share of grief and, and heartache over the course of the year just because of the way he was managing the bullpen, you know, leaving pitchers in too long or taking pitchers out too soon, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, or just making. But it's also one of those things that when, when, when a manager does that, though, you, you can't really, I mean, as a fan, you can see the players is like, oh, you should have kept him in. He's got a couple more. He knows him more. Yeah, I mean, because they're with him. I mean, from, yeah. from beginning of spring training all the way through. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I find myself being, I, I find myself guilty a lot of just being that, that, that Monday morning quarterback fan where I'm like, you know, hey, look, I, I, from, from the other side of my TV screen from across the country, I can sit there and be like, what the hell are you doing? You Nimrod. You know, and I can sit there and yell obscenities at the screen and we have a blanket of, of cuss words that hangs over, you know, over over our town for, for months and years. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is what this guy is paid to do. And when he was interviewed, his postgame comments, uh, Alex Cora, our manager, he he came out and said that last night's game was one of the hardest games he's ever had to manage. And uh, because we didn't have one of our, our better hitters, uh, J.D. Martinez, because he twisted his ankle. Uh, like a freak thing on, during the last game of the season on Sunday. And uh, so, you know, he had to balance the, 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 the lineup and he went with a defensive, with, with a, uh, a more defensive minded lineup. And these guys just, they came to play and they, they put up a lot of runs and they, they got to the ace. They got to New York's ace early got i mean chased him i mean like i said he 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 only pitched two innings he only recorded six outs that is it six and i mean just aaron boone comes in there and he's like i've seen enough of this you know i mean i I can't sit there and screw around because at the end of the day it might be aaron boone that loses his job yeah, there's a lot of people in New York that don't like the guy as 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 a manager anyway. And you know, I've gone over this before in previous episodes where New York is a really hard place to play because of the media, because of the fan base, and the newspapers alone are going to eat you alive. We're not even getting into social media, but the newspapers alone will absolutely eat you alive. Um, the New York Post usually they reserve their their headlines to roast the Red Sox or whatever team that the Yankees happen to be playing. Well, this morning when they came out with their with their morning edition, had a picture of Garrett Cole and it says Garrett bleeping Cole. Oh wow. Yeah. They they I guess they weren't happy. 
No, I mean, they are throwing anybody and everybody under the bus uh, to include Aaron Judge. Um, you know, it's like, I mean, he's going off of what the third base coach was telling him, but you're a professional player. It's not not your rookie season. Be aware of where the ball is. I mean, you can hold up, you know, I mean, but, you know, and, and then don't get me started on, on the ESPN broadcast. I mean, the broadcast itself was fine, but there are two people in this world that I just absolutely do not like calling a ball game. First one is Joe Buck from Fox. I cannot stand listening to that man dribble on. Second one is Alex, Alex Rodriguez. The same Alex Rodriguez that, yes, in fact, played for the Yankees. He's on the ESPN uh, 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 Baseball Tonight crew. So, I mean, he's in the booth calling games. And he was just so blatantly pro-Yankee. It's not even funny. I mean, he wasn't even trying to hide it last night. And, you know, he uh, – I mean, he just talked – he's like, you know, I mean, I know that they're struggling right now, but at some point the Yankees are going to – start being the Yankees again and they'll be fine you know and it's just like you know when when you want I mean I get like when I listen to the to the Red Sox games on the radio you know the, the their play-by-play guys yeah obviously they're going to show favoritism but they're not they're not homers you know and by homers what I mean is that that they, they don't just sit there and sugarcoat it for the home team. I mean, if they're screwing up, they're going to be like, why did he do that? That was probably one of the worst decisions that I've ever seen. You know, a joke with Stiglione, he's, he's one of the words that I, I absolutely hate. Like some people can't stand the word moist. I don't like the word squander, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't like send chills up and down my back, but it, usually I associate that word now with whenever Joe Clastiglione is talking about, and the Red Sox squander a bases loaded opportunity, or they squander uh, runners in scoring position to, you know, this, that. And I, 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 to me, I just, it's, it's a negative word. And, and I'm just like, you know, so squander is like kind of my, my version of moist, you know, but, uh, you know, but the last night was an absolute, I mean, and it wasn't even because the Red Sox won. It, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm happy that the Red Sox won. I'm ecstatic. I mean, absolutely ecstatic that the Red Sox eliminated the Yankees. Uh, but the game itself, from the Red Sox standpoint, executed beautifully. I mean, they came together as a team. Everybody came to work that night, and everybody came to work ready to do that, exactly that, which was work. And they did. They answered the call, and they rang the bell. And when they did it, they I mean, they, they really put it to the New York Yankees. Uh, they had their hitters off balance most of the night. Uh, the fielding, for the most part, was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was just because, I mean, you look at it, I'm, I'm just sitting there going, this is what October baseball is supposed to be about. I mean, high intensity, high leverage situations. I mean, everything is on the line. And so now Boston's moving on to the divisional series and they're going to be playing and playing Tampa uh, in that best of five series. Um, so, you know, for, for that, it, it's, uh, it, it's uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, is going to get the nod uh, for game one. Um, so uh, it's, you know, I, as long as Erod shows up and he brings his A game, I think we're going to be fine for at least game one. Um, now, as far as who the starters are going to be, 
Um, so is the Yankees out of the pennant race? Yeah. The Yankees are done. Oh, okay. The wild card game is a play-in game, basically to get into the postseason. Oh, okay. So the Rex so, Sox won. So they're in, been a- doing that a few years ago to kind of like include more teams to to get give, give the smaller market teams an opportunity to experience playoff baseball to give those fans an opportunity to go to the stadium during the month of October. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, last night it was just absolutely lights out um and uh in fact if you go to uh if you go to redsox.com and uh on the right on the right hand column there's a there's a link says red Sox nab judge at plate and key sequence and you'll be able to see the video replay of that of that whole relay dude glorious absolutely Playoff bracket's going to be uh, Tampa Bay, or not? Is that? Yeah, it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Red Sox, White Sox, Houston, San Francisco, and the uh, wild card game for the Dodgers. Yeah, the league is playing their wild card game tonight. Yeah, and the A's and uh, the Brewers. Uh, no. Um, What's the one with the just the glove? Oh, the Atlanta Braves. A stands for Atlanta. What? What? The Braves, the Atlanta Braves. Mother, I God. <laughs> I was looking at that. I was like, so. Ladies and gentlemen, we are witnessing the further continuing, the, the the further con- continuing education of David Dickerman. But um, no, okay. So the so, baseball glove is not the Brewers. Yeah, the Milwaukee See? Brewers. Okay, so the A's, A's is okay. Yeah, the A's. So my the, baseball knowledge is still uh, it's hey, it's hey, pictures and names I can get. Now, as of right now, it's the bottom of the third, and St. Louis has got a one to nothing lead over the Dodgers. Um, so Max Scherzer apparently got chased out of the game um, early tonight, which Max Scherzer was brought to 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 the Dodgers via the trade. Uh, deadline specifically for an October run and you know is he screwing the pooch again I'm not going to say that it's the first time that Max Scherzer has screwed the pooch in the in the postseason because when he played in uh, for Detroit uh, during the 2013 uh, American League Championship Series the ALCS in 2013 they played against Boston and we touched him up pretty pretty violently (laughs) so um, now he did shine whenever he was in Washington playing for the nationals during their, uh, 20, uh, shit, 2019 world series team. But yeah. Um, so we, so as soon as we find out who's going to win the game tonight between, uh, St. Louis and Los Angeles, uh, the winner of that wild card game is going to go to San Francisco to play in the divisional series. Um, and then the Brewers, who are the second seed, are going to play the third seed, uh, Atlanta Braves, in their divisional series. So the winners of the divisional series go to the league championship series. So whether it be the ALCS for the American League or the NLCS for the National League, then, it, you know, that's basically the final four. Um, so whoever wins the league championship pennants are going to advance to the World Series. So it's going to be the American League versus the National League for the World Series title. 
And uh, there's a lot of people that have, um, some people have the Tampa Bay Rays winning it all this year. Uh, some people have the Chicago White Sox of all people going. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of respect being thrown towards the, the, the Houston Astros because everybody seems to have forgotten about the Astros. The Astros won the American League West and they're the number two seed in the American League. And Without cheating. whether or not I like the Astros, whether or not I think they're playing fair, it's completely irrelevant. They're playing great baseball at the right time. And they're going to be tough to beat. Um, if Chicago can manage to pull that off and beat the Astros in their divisional series to advance to the ALCS, and uh, you know it, and, and Boston can manage to get around Tampa Bay, which it, I mean that's not that's no tall that's that's no short order. I mean that is a tall task. Yeah, because right they're they're number one in the league. Period. Yeah, they're. They, I mean they've got the second best base or second best record in baseball behind the giants. Like the giants had like a hundred and 105 wins. What's the, the what's the team that's uh, trying to beat the uh, A's record uh, for most? Oh, oh, the the Cardinals. Yeah. They won 17 in a row before they lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a monumental run right there at the end of the regular season. And and they basically put a chokehold on the number one seed for that wild card game. Um, or no, they, they put a chokehold basically on the, on the wild card, you know, on a playoff berth. but uh, you know, by virtue of the fact that that Los Angeles had a better record than the Cardinals uh, they were ranked the number four seed. So they got to host the wild card game tonight, but uh, I know uh... or no, wait, I had that backwards. No, the Cardinals are playing at Cardinals are playing at home tonight. So yeah. Um, Hold on real quick. I'll be right back. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Sure. But anyways, for those of you who are still watching, uh, yeah, it it was, that was an amazing game to watch last night. Um, I mean, we're going to talk about baseball for just a couple more minutes. And then when, you know, once David gets back, and then we're going to break into football and uh, call it a night because I'm hungry. <laughs> so I haven't eaten dinner yet tonight. So as you can tell, I'm eating junk food while I'm sitting here trying to record. And I see a shadow. There's David. Aha. Okay. So. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, people. I have to. I've been sick all day, so. Which is why we're doing it via Zoom. Yeah. I am not about that life trying to catch what this dude's trying to throw at me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's my boy, but yeah, no, I ain't, no, that's just not happening. Um, but yeah, um, this postseason, I think it's going to be one of the better postseasons that I can remember for a very long time. Um, and, 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 and even if the Red Sox manage to find themselves on the outside looking in and they, and they lose – to either the Rays or who, you know, whoever eventually, you know, comes to them in, in the, the ALCS. Um, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting postseason to watch. Um, it's and the the entertainment value has been ratcheted up tenfold just simply due to the fact that the New York Yankees are no longer <laughs> in the playoffs. So. Um, 
there was a ton of 27 rings tweets and, and Facebook posts today, but you know, that's what your stereotypical Yankees fan base does. Every time they lose, they, they fall back on that. Well, we have 27 rings. Well, that's great. But uh, how many do you possess and how many rings has your team won since 2000? So, I mean, really quit yapping and just, you know, hang your pinstripes up in the closet until spring and just go away. But, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, eh, it's it's going to be a really fun postseason to watch. Uh, When's the next game coming up? Uh, so, well, like I said, the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Well, except for the Cardinals and everything, how is the yeah. game um, play? Like, uh, is like one day that these teams play, and then the next team, or do they, or is it going to be like? Uh, well, um, tonight, uh, like I said, so with the National League playing their wild card game tonight, um, they're going to get a night off. And the divisional series for them will start on Friday. Um, tomorrow or tonight, the American League is off. And so um, they're going to kind of do like a double feature kind of a thing where uh, the uh, Astros and the White Sox, they're going to play their game in the early afternoon. And then the primetime game is going to be Boston and Tampa Bay. Uh and then they, they may flip-flop that or whatever. But um, the National League probably isn't going to start their divisional series until Friday. Um, let me double-check that here. Let's see the schedule. Um, complete schedule again. There we go. Okay, so, um, yeah, tomorrow night it's going to be uh, a 4.07 – See, is all these Eastern? Yeah, okay. So it's going to be 407 Eastern, uh, 307 Central uh, for the for the, for Houston and Chicago. Uh, that that series is going to start in Houston because Houston, like I said, is the number two seed. Uh, so that series is going to be started down in Houston at 307 our time, um, and then Boston and Tampa Bay. It's going to be an Eastern. Uh, it's going to be played in Tampa, but that game starts at 707 our time. Um, and then the National League, uh, they start their game one of their division series between Atlanta and Milwaukee at 330, 337. And then uh, the uh, winner of the wild card game tonight plays the Giants at nine at, at 837 our time. Uh, Friday is going to be a very busy day of baseball. Uh, they're going to be four games on slate. Uh, it's going to be uh, – American League Divisional Series game number two for both team for both uh, for both sets. Uh, Chicago and, and Houston they start at 107 our time on Friday afternoon. Uh, the the Braves and Milwaukee start at 337. Boston Tampa Bay start at 602. And then uh, you know like I said the uh, wild card winner plus San Francisco or they're going to start at 837 on Friday night. Um, Saturday, the American League is going to get the day off because it's going to be considered a travel day because it's a best of five series. So they're going to play two games at, at the at the top seed team uh, park, and then they're going to then they're going to move to the to the lower seed park. Um, so Saturday is going to be a travel day for the for the American League. Uh, games game two of both divisional series for the for the National League is going to be Atlanta Milwaukee at four oh seven, and then uh, wild card winner San Francisco at eight oh seven. 
Um, then those two, then the National League's going to have Sunday off. They're going to travel on Sunday. And the American League's going to have their game threes. Uh, Boston's going to play the early game at uh, 307. And Houston, Chicago is going to start at 707. Uh, and then Monday's going to be another busy day, four games. Uh, and then if necessary, uh, game fours, uh, the game for uh, game four for both divisional series in the National League will be played Tuesday. If necessary, game five will be played for the American League on Wednesday. Um, so, so after uh, so after next week, we should know who's going to be the uh, top players. Uh, yeah, after next week, we're going to know who's going to be playing for the uh, for the for the, uh, the league pen. championship series for both leagues. Okay. Um. And then uh, the national or the ALCS is supposed to start on Friday the 15th. Um, and the national leagues or the, the NLCS is supposed to start on Saturday, October 16th. Um, those times they haven't determined what times those game are, games are going to start yet. Uh, but uh, the world series is supposed to tentatively start Tuesday, October 26th. And Game 7, if necessary, of the World Series will be played Wednesday, November 3rd. Now, that's going to be kind of cool because, I, as I've stated before, I'm going to Boston with my girlfriend the first week of November, right? So if Boston can pull off a World Series victory, we could tentatively be in the city of Boston for a potential World Series champion duck boat parade. That's awesome. Dude, that I would lose my fucking mind. You know, I mean, just like just to be around and just to be in the heart of Red Sox Nation celebrating a World Series championship. Dude, I've never seen in person the commissioner's trophy that they give out to the team who wins the World Series. But when I go to do my Fenway Park tour, you better damn believe that I'm going to go look at them. I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be right there. And yeah, I, it's, I'm excited. I'm stoked for this whole trip. Uh, there's a couple of different reasons why you know what's going yeah. on. Um, but uh, man, just, just to, you know, just be able to, to be there. Uh, Really, I'm just kind of without words. So, but moving on to uh, football, um, let me get weekend. This was this this was kind of an eventful weekend for 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 uh, football for the NFL. Um, so we're gonna week four. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. All right, so. Um, <laughs> a lot of the teams that didn't have wins now have wins. And a lot of the teams that were unbeaten are now beaten. Um, the Jacksonville yeah, because the Cowboys finally won one. Well, no, no. The, the Cowboys are in first place, man. They've already won a few games. They beat unbeaten uh, Carolina 28-36. But uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars still have not won a game. 
In fact, they have lost 19 straight games, which is the longest streak since Detroit did it 2007 through, through, uh, through 2009. Um, they lost to the Bengals 24 to 21. The Titans, the Tennessee Titans, fell victim to the New York Jets, the 0 and 3 New York Jets, who are now the 1 and 3 New York Jets, beat them 24 27. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles continue to step on, uh, step on their own toes, can't get out of their own way. Lost to the Chiefs 42 to 30. As we stated before, uh, the Cowboys beat the previously unbeaten Carolina Panthers 30, uh, 36 to 28. Yeah, now they're at number five. Oh, in the power rankings? Yeah. Um, Arizona but- is still number one. Uh, Rams are two, Los Angeles Chargers are three, or um, Tampa Bay is at four. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's it's still the uh, I mean, it's only what week five, yeah. This we're going into week five, yeah. The uh, previously winless Giants went into New Orleans and actually managed to pull off their first win of the year against the Saints, 27 to 21. Uh, the Browns, well, the Browns managed to, uh, they're, they're at a respectable three and one. Uh, they beat the Vikings 14 to seven. Uh, <clears throat> the Lions have continued to be winless. They are now 0-4, losing to the Bears 14 to 24. Um, and Texas- Detroit and Jacksonville's, uh, uh they're both fighting it off for uh yeah they're they're looking they're 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 fighting it out to see who gets that first round pick yeah um but the houston texans are at one and three they lost 40 to nothing against the buffalo bills Hmm. that's the second largest shutout in franchise history um for for buffalo uh the uh the colts who were winless went into miami and managed to get their first one of the season, 27-17 against the Dolphins. The uh, team formerly known as the Redskins went into Atlanta and beat the Falcons 34-30. The Seahawks, uh, they're sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They beat the 49ers 28-21. Uh, the Cardinals beat the Rams, previous or the undefeated Rams, who now have a, have a loss, 37-20. Uh, 30, uh, uh, the Steelers lost again uh, against the Packers, seventeen to twenty-seven. The Ravens beat the uh, Broncos, twenty-three to seventeen. The big game everybody was watching was the Buccaneers at New England. So this was Tom Brady's first return to Gillette Stadium in New England since leaving the team to go play for Tampa Bay. So it's the first time he's been back. First time he's been there as a visitor presented with the opportunity to become only the fourth quarterback in NFL history to beat all 32 teams. Um, it was a really entertaining game to watch. Uh, New, New England did end up losing that game 19 to 17. And uh, I mean, they, they gave, I mean, Tom Brady had the ball at the end of the game. He with time on the clock, drove the team down to field goal range. Um, they had a couple of missteps there and there, but uh they, they, they brought their field goal kicker out and squeaked one through to uh, take the lead back with a few seconds left on the clock. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady got out of there with a victory. Um, it was raining in New England, so it was cold, it was wet. 
uh, you know, your stereotypical good football weather. I mean, the only thing missing was the mud, and that's just because Gillette Stadium is a as you know is a turf field. Um, the Monday night game, I really wanted the the uh, the Raiders to win. Uh, they were previously undefeated. They were three and zero going into the game on Monday night, and they lost uh, fourteen to twenty eight against the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. The Chargers are a sneaky good team, and that's just mostly because their defense is incredibly stout. I mean, they're fast, uh, they're agile. Um, their offense, their offense is going to figure it out, and their their offense is going to get clicking before the end, before the end of the season. They're going to be a really dangerous team. Yeah, but, and also uh, uh, on that though is uh, what Brady did after the game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he goes up to Belichick and he just basically gives props and he's like family. I'm like, man, that's kind of yeah. Weird. I mean, stop, stop trying to make me cry, motherfucker. Well, yeah, I mean, because Brady said, "Look, I'm not trying to shed any tears. I did all that before the game started." He even thanked. Uh, he even thanked. Yeah, I mean, the, he thanked everybody, and, and you know, and and I, I know that I'm a Tom Brady fan. There's no mistaking that. I unabashedly made that poignantly clear. But Tom Brady displayed a, a degree of class that you normally don't see amongst a lot of quarterbacks that return to a, a stadium where they used to play. And, I mean, Tom Brady, he had nothing but good things to say about the team, the city, the area. Uh, all of his kids were born there. He loves it there. Uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of friends that he considers family, uh, a lot of players, a lot of coaches that are still there. Uh, Josh McDaniel, who's the offensive coordinator, uh, for New England, uh, you know, both before and after the game came up to Tom Brady and they hugged it out. And, you know, I mean, that, that was a lot of a, that was a lot of an emotional pressure for Tom Brady to overcome because, you know, like I said, he did, he spent 20 years. He was drafted by the Patriots. Yes. One, uh, six out of his seven Super Bowls there. And, you know, so, I mean, it was just, I mean, there was a lot of pressure on him to come in and beat his former team. He managed to pull it off. Uh, this is the first time they actually went out uh, against each other? I think that, no. No, yeah. This is the first time that the that Brady has played against the Patriots. Really? Yeah. And it's probably going to be one of the very last times that he plays against the Patriots unless they meet each other in the Super Bowl, which... With with the way that that Matt, uh, uh, crap the Mac Jones the the quarterback for New England the way that he's playing I mean he's he's playing good I mean and and he absolutely stepped up um, I mean if there is such a thing as a moral victory in in sports Mac Jones can kind of walk away with his head held high because I mean here it is you have this legend whose shoes you're trying to fill come back into your stadium as an opposing quarterback and your team loses by two points. Um, I mean, I think Mac Jones, he threw, uh, let me see here. He was 31 of 40 for 275 yards. He threw two touchdowns and one interception, uh, versus Tom Brady. Uh, 22 of 43 for 269 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he also didn't throw any picks either. Um, 
Tom Brady actually carried the ball for four uh, four times for three yards. Uh, <laughs> so he actually he uh, he netted a uh, a first down on his own. You know, because the play busted, broke down, so he rushed and got the you know got the first down. Um, but there there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of people came to play. Um, uh, let's see here for the Patriots. There, I mean. Leonard Fournette for, for, for the Buccaneers, he carried the ball 20 times for 92 yards. He didn't score any touchdowns. Uh, he averaged 4.6 yards a carry. Ronald Jones had the one rushing touchdown uh, for, for the Buccaneers. Uh, six, six carries for 25 yards. But for, uh, let's see here now, uh, like I said, Mac Jones threw for two touchdowns. Uh, Oh, it, it, the rushing numbers for Tampa or for, for, for New England on Sunday night were appalling. I mean, absolutely appalling. Um, you had Nelson Algar, one carry for four yards. So he averaged four yards a carry, right? See, I really don't. You had, you had two other two other running backs. You had Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor. Both had a carry. Neither one of them netted any yards. Mac Jones had one carry for negative one yard, and then Damian Harris had four carries for negative four yards. New England had a net rushing total Sunday night of two yards. Jesus. Two yards. Um, See, that that's more or less the stuff for the fantasy football stuff. I mean, if you look at those numbers – and, and sometimes I've locked, looked at those numbers, and if you look at those numbers, it's like, oh, did this team lose? It's like, no, they won. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually seen. Yeah, and if you're looking at it from a from a pure fantasy standpoint, those are horrible numbers. Those are those are atrocious. And, and, and I mean, if you had if you had anybody, I mean, if you had Mac Jones, you kind of it kind of came out in the wash because he, yeah he did have two touchdowns but he also threw two interceptions so they kind of cancel each other out depending on what scoring system that your fantasy league is using but um you know so i mean neither team with the exception of maybe well no i mean neither team that just it, it as far as like fantasy points are concerned the ju- the that game was a sham it was a wash. Yeah. I mean, you might as well just bench those players and started somebody else in another game. But but if you actually watched the game, it was actually a really good game. It was a it was, yeah, on paper, the game looked boring and dull as hell, but it was an entertaining game to watch. Um and it did have a lot cuz I actually watched that game. It was very emotional. It was. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I mean, I'm I I'm sitting there and and, and I'm like, okay, Sitting here, you fell. I have an eating disorder. Apparently, I dropped my caramel on the floor. It's an so airplane I'll, eating I'll disorder. Minute, but yeah, next thing you know, you're gonna try it. Yeah, as soon as you and I get off the air, I'm gonna go eat dinner. But uh, as soon as as soon as uh, I, I just want to see you uh, having drinking problem too. Just just pour it. I'll do my best Ted Striker impersonation later. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and if you're not old enough to know who Ted Stryker is, 
Look on YouTube. It's free on uh, YouTube. You just have to deal with the ads. Actually, I think Airplane is either on. It's on I think Netflix Google or something. Or Amazon. You can find it. Either way, yeah, it's out there. Airplane, Airplane 2, the sequel. Go into it with very low expectations and be prepared to be entertained. But the game was great. That that I can watch it for free. Yes, yes, you can. And don't call me Shirley. Okay, so. A couple more minutes. Yeah, a couple more minutes. Uh, I, I really... There, I mean, past that, I mean, just base hockey's fixing to start up again. So, I mean, they just finished up their preseason, so the regular season's fixing to start up. There's a new expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I mean, every time I hear a release the Kraken, I, I'm thinking about somebody in there taking a monster shit. You know, it's like, so we'll, we'll I that. think about Clash of the Titans, but you know, each your own. Nation was known to have released a Kraken or two in his day. Um, I am going to check out No Time to Die Friday night. I have it uh, because I'm a, I have T-Mobile for my cell service. Uh, they have like this Give Back Tuesdays app or whatever. So um, I got a code to go see it for four dollars. So I, I scored a 3D ticket for four dollars. I'm going to go see it at 10:40 on Friday night. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that because I mean I really enjoy Daniel Craig as James Bond. So um, he's second, my second favorite Bond behind Sean Connery. Uh, these are those people that are like they like Roger Moore. They, they just they need everybody to has their bond. Helena Bleach, what? Everybody has their bond. Everybody has their bond. Yeah. Now, for those people that like Timothy Dalton, I don't advocate self harm, but you might want to try cutting yourself so that way you know what it feels. Was that like. the Golden Eye one? No, no, that was Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Did, I, Timothy I was thinking... Dalton was a view to a kill. Okay. Daylights, yeah. And that was the uh God. Was he was he the one that was on uh Timothy Dalton was in Hot Fuzz. He he was the guy that owned the grocery store. Okay, I was making sure that was the one. He was all right. Grand Marche. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was all right. I wouldn't say he's on the top bond list. No, it's for me, it's Daniel Craig. I mean it's Sean Connery, Daniel Craig. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, then Roger Moore. Uh, Timothy Dalton's at the bottom of the fucking list, and that's and that's even the one guy that did the one-off. Uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, he was uh, he starred in the one one James Bond movie, uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Let me do that here. Majesty's Secret. So George Lansby. I want to get a picture because I don't think I've even seen that one. Yeah it it was the it was the one movie where James Bond gets married in the beginning of the movie, and a hit squad goes after him, and they kill they kill his wife. God, I didn't even know he. That was a 
Wow, he, it he was doesn't look like a bond. Prior acting credits. Um, yeah, I mean, it was during the making of the film. He was like, look, I'm only going to do this one time. Because uh, Sean Connery decided to retire from James Bond after filming You Only Live Twice. Yeah. He kind of stuck it to the studio when he came back and he was like, hey, I want to do say, uh, Never Say Never Again. Diamonds are uh, forever. Well, never say never say never again was kind of like uh, it was it was it was a one off James Bond movie, and it was the reason why Roger Moore too well before up to the point up to the day that Roger Moore died, absolutely had no he had no time for Sean Connery like at all like he could not stand him because Never Say Never Again was released at the same time that Moonraker came out which is uh, one of, uh, which was, I think it was uh, Roger Moore's first James Bond movie. And uh, Moonraker, while it was a good movie, because it had Tanya Roberts as the Bond girl in there, um, it tanked in the box office because Never Say Never Again was released at the same time. And everybody preferred Sean. How was it, it, it done at the same time? Moonraker... Uh was out 1970 you're thinking octopussy and uh, never say never again okay so those are the only ones those are the only ones that are the same year something came out the same weekend as moonraker and it caused it to tank anyways i my timelines are off but getting back to no time to die i'm absolutely looking forward to this because this is daniel craig's last ride as james bond um and it's going to be it's going to be kind of cool to see who uh, uh, that they select to be his predecessor. Um, a lot of people are talking about Tom Holland, uh, or not Tom, Tom, Tom Holland, uh, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Tom Hardy. Uh, a, lot, a few people are talking about Iris Elba, which I would not mind seeing Iris Elba do that. Um, or Tom Ellis, the guy that played Lucifer. He's being mentioned. I think that's just in passing. It, it would be great. It would be great. It would be he's already, technically, but, I mean, he's he already. Lucifer, so, but yeah, I, I, I would love to see. Tom I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see uh, the guy that played Lucifer. Just the thinking of his. It's because I mean, I would well, have to. It's one of those things. Is have to wait until it sees super, it. You know, with the exception of the secret agent part. I mean, we've already seen him be a lush. We've already seen him be a womanizer. So we know that he knows how to do that, but you're right. Just, just the this the thought of him is like, well, I, I know that's him probably overacting and everything like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because to play James Bond, I mean, it, that's kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it requires a certain degree of kind of uh, calm and collectiveness, smokiness. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a Bond esque quality. So I mean, some guys have it, some guys don't. Iris Elba's got it. I would love. I I would not. I would not hate on that at all. I mean, I would actually like to see that. Um, well, he has a movie that's uh, that was out where he was. Uh, uh, it was on Netflix. I can't think of the name of it, but he was basically he was a cop, and. Uh, Talk about Luther? No. Luther was a great series. Yeah, Luther was a great series, but it had a lot of comedy in it. This movie, he didn't have that much to do yeah. with comedy. 
but no, he he had to help uh, a pickpocket uh, clear his name and his own name. God, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but the uh, but yeah, Tom Hardy, I think would be good, just because he's kind of got that that edginess to him a little bit. Um, Tom Hiddleston's got the sophistication part of the part of the role kind of down um and i mean the take that's what it's called that's right the take yeah but i mean it's going to be kind of a i don't know i i they're all my i would i would halfway expect the the you know broccoli studios to to handle the the selection of the next james bond the way that the vatican handles the selection process for the pope yeah <laughs> it's going to be secretive but uh yeah, and then on top of that, uh, Daniel Craig, he is, uh, he's going to, he's filming the sequel for, uh, he's going to start filming the sequel. Knives Out. For Knives Out too. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way that he pulls off that Southern accent. It is, well, it's not surprising well, because you got to look at, uh, what was that one movie that with, uh, they, they robbed the, uh, like yeah, the uh, NASCAR. The uh, Damn it! IMDb, here we come. All right. Yeah. I, I want to say it was like. Uh... Logan Lucky. There we go. What is it? Yeah, where he, he he breaks out of prison. Yeah. Oh wow! If you look at his filmography, there's an there's already been an announced. Oh, so Knives Out two is in post production, and Knives yeah. Out three has been announced. Okay, that's weird. Wow. Um, there's a movie called The Creed of Violence. That sounds pretty neat purity it's a tv series so episodes one and so he's doing two episodes on it huh interesting yeah and a lot of people forget that daniel craig was a stormtrooper in episode seven yeah yeah (laughs) it's an uncredited logan lucky okay yeah yeah logan lucky joe bang yeah, watching him play Joe Bang was freaking hilarious. You know, I, I made it to like the first 15, 20 minutes of that movie. I'm gonna have to go back and try to watch it again to give it a, a it, fair shake. It it's one it it has uh I think the person that did Oceans uh the Oceans uh eleven through whatever series. Yeah. That was the yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay, I'll have to go back in and give that another shot then, because I I, I enjoyed the first two ocean uh, oceans eleven and oceans twelve. Um, I did enjoy those. They they weren't overly done. They they were you know the, the writing was just kind of cool and quirky. But yeah, well, it's his film. Uh, it, it's his style of uh, directing. I mean, certain 
certain directors have a, a fingerprint. He's yeah. one of them. Him and uh, what's his name? Uh, Guy Ritchie. Del Toro. Uh, Benicio um, Del Toro does too. Uh, but Guy Ritchie has the same. Guy Ritchie, name. yeah, Guy Ritchie. I was just thinking, I was like, you know, the, the Wrath of Man. Yeah, it was totally a Guy the Ritchie. only the only movie that isn't a Guy Ritchie style that he directed is Aladdin. Oh, the live action one. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about it on Joe Rogan. And he's like, "What are you doing next, Aladdin?" What? He's like. Yeah, I gotta pay bills. <laughs> hey, at least you call it for what it is, man. Because because if you if you look at phone. that movie, if you look at that movie, it is no, it doesn't have any of his fingerprints on it. Yeah, I mean, he literally phoned that one in. He, I, didn't I mean, watch it, he was so. probably like. Uh, and I refuse to watch it because you you just can't replace Robin Williams as the genie. You just can't do it. No. But uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And you know Quentin Tarantino, his movies obviously have a very distinctive style. He's got fingerprints that are as bright as day. But uh, and I'm you know certain movies his I love. It's a hit and miss on me with him. I mean, yeah. But um, another person is uh, Robert. No, no, I can't say Robert Rodriguez has his own fingerprint. He has a. The only fingerprint that he has is he has his own studio. Yeah, I mean, so he can basically do whatever he wants. You can tell. You can tell it's going to be it's his movie because he uses his own studio. Make his movies. So if you see like the Cantina, it's the cantina that i mean that cantina was in uh dust till dawn from alita yeah, justin turner just had a, i mean launched a curveball from adam wainwright uh and the uh in a national league wildcard game is tied at one through four innings so yeah so i guess we got some other news on uh for next week for baseball and uh, I guess yeah, that's, we're that's about it. Our playoff. Yeah, we're going to okay, yeah, we're going to continue continue our playoff playoff watch. Um, I got a chance to check out Venom over the weekend. Yeah, I, no I know. Spoilers for people. Oh, I know. I know. You told me that it was going to be good. Uh, I didn't have any doubts that it was going to be good. I just didn't think it was going to be that good. Yeah. Um, and that post credit scene, though, bro, dude. I told you. Uh, All right. Well, I'm David Ickerman. I'm Johnny Skelton. And this is Nerd Sports. Have a good weekend. Red Sox. <laughs>